You're listening to the Ion New York podcast for Tuesday, January 22nd, 2019. I'm Robert Harding, the Citizen's Political Reporter, and this podcast is presented by The Citizen. Uh, Today we'll be focused on the Child Victims Act, and I'll have an interview with Gary Greenberg, uh, who is a businessman, but more importantly uh, for the subject matter today, uh, he is an advocate for the Child Victims Act and uh, actually formed a group uh, protect New York kids uh, to push for passage of, of this legislation. Uh, he also formed a political action committee uh, fighting for children. Uh, he went around the state uh, last year supporting uh, several uh, state uh, legislature candidates, uh, specifically state Senate candidates, uh, many of whom won their races uh, and are now uh, in the state Senate. And so uh, he hopes uh, that this uh, will be the year uh, finally, uh, that the Child Victims Act is not only passed uh, by both houses of the state legislature, but then signed uh, by Governor Andrew Cuomo. Uh, the good news uh, for advocates here uh, is that uh, there is support uh, in the state legislature, even bipartisan support, uh, it's fair to say, uh, for this bill. Uh, the uh, state assembly has passed it before on a handful of occasions. Uh, it just hasn't gone anywhere in the state senate. Uh, the Republicans. Uh, so uh, just to back up a little bit, uh, the main provisions of the Child Victims Act. Uh, one uh, is that uh, for criminal uh, child sex abuse cases, the statute of limitations would increase to twenty eight. Uh, right now, uh, there's a five-year period for a uh, sex abuse victim to report a crime uh, to to police. Um, that's that's the statute of limitations now. So it's a five-year window. Uh, this would increase it to ten years. Uh, for civil cases, the statute of limitations would increase to fifty years old. So uh, victims would have until they're fifty uh, to report. Uh, uh, or to pursue uh, civil cases, uh, one of the more uh, uh, one of the more uh, contentious uh, parts of this uh, proposal uh, is the uh, one year look back, uh, which would allow uh, prior uh, victims of child sex abuse uh, to pursue civil cases uh, against their abusers. Um, that uh, was. That was a main reason why uh, Republicans uh, in the state Senate opposed the bill in the past. I know uh, state Senator, former state Senator John DeFrancisco, uh, who previously represented the 50th district here in central New York, uh, that was uh, one of the reasons why he opposed the bill. He felt that that look back uh, was was flawed, and that uh, uh, you know he raised doubts about whether. You know, you could you could find uh, you know reliable witnesses, and that uh, uh, that there would be enough uh, uh, you know enough of a case to be made to have uh, uh, to have a um, uh, some of these successful uh, civil suits brought. So uh, he raised some doubts about that, um, and uh, that's why the Child Victims Act uh, didn't advance. Uh, one of the main reasons why it didn't advance uh, in past years. Uh, so. Now, uh, different uh, different time. The Democrats have control of the state uh, state Senate, uh, and this is one of the the bills that they want to advance. Um, and 
and, and it's also a priority uh, for Governor Andrew Cuomo, uh, who included it in his 2019, uh, he's calling it the Justice Agenda, uh, the, uh, his, his State of the State plan for the year. Uh, it is in his executive budget. Uh, his, his proposal is uh, nearly identical uh, to what the, what the state legislature has considered. So, uh, so this bill, in all likelihood, in some form, uh, will advance this year. Uh, uh, you know, in terms of timing, we'll see. I know that, uh, and you'll hear this uh, during the interview with Gary Greenberg, that uh, you know, he's hopeful that it'll happen by the end of this month. Um, uh, we'll see if that, uh, if that holds true. But uh, I won't delay any further. Uh, here is the interview with Gary Greenberg. Gary, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me, Robert. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, for for those who aren't uh, aware of what the Child Vic- Victims Act is, uh, uh, how would you explain it to to someone who's new to this? Okay, the Child Victims Act um, was proposed about thirteen years ago by former Assemblywoman Margaret Mackey. And what it would do, it would give justice uh, to victims of child sexual abuse, change the statute of limitations uh, that are currently um, too low on criminal and civil cases, and also um, give any victim who's ever been abused in New York State uh, a one-year look back so they would be able to go into court and sue you know, the entity or their institution that enabled the abuser or and the predator uh, themselves in a civil court only. Mm-hmm. So to, to get, uh, you know, you, you've been uh, deeply involved in this. Uh, what, what uh, you know, what led to your, your advocacy uh, for, for this legislation? Well, I, I, I was, a sex, you know, sexually abused as a child, um, seven years old. My father was in the Cohoes Memorial Hospital as a patient, um, and an orderly there had befriended my parents. And back in the 60s, no one ever heard of this, but he offered to take me on a tour of the hospital, the x-ray room. So my parents said, sure. And, you know, it wasn't a tour. He, uh, you know, brutally, uh, um, you know, brutally attacked me, uh, hung me over an open elevator shaft with my head down and holding my feet, trying to get me to, uh, you know, let, let him abuse me. So about um, 30 years later, you know, I had always, um, I told my parents about it about six weeks after it happened because my mother noticed that I wasn't, uh, you know, acting right, was nervous and um, wouldn't take a shower. So I told, finally got out of me what happened. My parents went to the hospital, um, were you know, there wasn't much success there uh, in finding out who the person was. They just said that they there was other cases and they knew about him and they had fired him. Uh, they that they went over to the police, Cohoes Police Department, and wanted to file a a report, but the police said no. Um, we're not going to take a report because juries don't believe children. They don't believe this kind of uh, heinous crime takes place. So, there, you know, my parents told me at that time if I ever did need help and they asked me from time to time you know to make sure they told them or or, or sought help when I got older so you know I did get help and then therapy from anxiety and depression and um, in 1997 I was 
watching TV. I always had wondered, you know, who who, who the person was. Uh, I only met, met him that half hour um, of hell, but um, I saw his picture, a picture of a, uh, the police had put up on the news um, saying this Louis Van Wee had abused 300 kids in the last three decades um, in Cohoes, Water of Elite, and Troy, which are communities right next to each other in the Capital District. And uh, I immediately recognized him. Uh, you know, he had the glasses and sort of the same type hair. And because um, he had a glass case, glasses on a glass case, he was wearing a white, like a white top. They do or do orderlies. And um, the police said to call. And so I did. And I talked to Detroit police and they talked to Van Wee and admitted he worked at the hospital and had abused kids there. And I was told that there was nothing I could do because the statute of limitations had expired. I couldn't, you know, Van Wee couldn't be charged with the crime and there's nothing I could do civilly. And so the police asked me to go public and I did. And we were able to get 125, I think, victims of prior years to call up. But all their cases um, were under the old, you know, the statute of limitations had expired. So not one of these uh, victims could do anything against them. We, the police couldn't bring charges. So you know, that upset me. I really got upset saying all these people are calling. No, you know, you can't do anything. You just tell them, oh, well, go get some help. If, if you know, we'll try to get you help direct, you know, put you in the right direction. So thank God they had one case, a current case. That's why they arrested him in 97. And a result of the publicity, another current case came forward. So we were able to bring charges against him. And he's still sitting in jail or he'll sit for the rest of his life. And um, that started my uh, activism uh, in, in getting involved. I, Joe Bruno was the uh, majority leader at the time in the Senate. And. You know, the Assembly didn't have any problem at that time, Shelley Silver uh, passing it, but Bruno didn't want to do it. Uh, you know, the church said that it would hurt churches and uh, institutions because it would bankrupt them. And so I went down every year or I contacted you know, different legislators and uh, not, not any success. And then Margaret Markey proposed her bill and you know, some years I went down, some years I didn't because I just got so frustrated with it, saying it's never going to pass, never going to pass. So um, back in 2016, I got reinvolved. There was a lot of publicity to pass the Child Victims Act and thought that was the year and it didn't happen. And, you know, I was mad and I thought, what can I do? What, there has to be a different strategy uh, that we have to take to get this bill passed. So I decided to form a PAC, Fighting for Children PAC, uh, political action committee, which would um, raise money and I would contribute money to it. And we would go into uh, mainly Republican senator districts who were holding up the Child Victims Act and remove them and put a senator in who would uh, actually vote for the Child Victims Act. Well, in 2016, we had some success. Uh, the Democrats did uh, have the numbers in the legislature, uh, 32, 31, but um, as you know, Senator Felder and uh, uh, eight IDC members uh, went and made agreements with the Republicans, so they stayed in power. Went through the 2017 uh, session, 2018 session, 
no uh, child victims act the republicans you know held firm they weren't going to pass it last year with senator uh, kathy young uh her and i proposed a uh, you know victims compensation fund which would um which would have set up a fund and um allowed victims to apply to the fund instead of going to court um we were going to use money from victims assistance fund billion dollars that the manhattan da had in his account and has but um kathy moved it out of her finance committee but the majority leader flanagan as he has in the past refused even to put the child victims act or the child victims assistance fund onto the floor therefore both bills died at that point you know at that point i decided that was it you know i tried to come to uh, an agreement with the republicans a bill that we you know they could pass the assembly had a bill passed the governor had a bill the three could sit down and uh, come up with a bill that would be satisfactory everybody but flanagan would not agree to pass uh, any bill in the senate therefore the pack uh, you know i activated the pack raised money uh, chipped in some of my own money uh, got involved in the senate races held 16 rallies across the state uh, on the child victims act with 23 candidates and we flipped the senate and uh, there's now um 39 democrats one felder and i think 23 republicans so you know we have the votes in the senate to pass the child victims act we have the votes in the assembly and the governor stated he would sign a bill that is sent to him how big of an issue do you think uh, this was in the the most recent 2018 elections? I know that um, you you came to Syracuse uh, shortly before the election uh, to campaign with uh, John Mannion, the Democratic challenger. He didn't win, but you did campaign with other other candidates uh, who who did win uh, their state senate races. Uh, how important of an issue do you think that was in in these races across the state? Uh, very important. Uh, a lot of the races, uh, the competitive races, it was a key issue. Uh, it was discussed. It was at debates. Um, I targeted certain senators and went in and uh, did robocalls against them, text messaging. Um, so, it, you know, and I held the rallies. And it was, uh, the poll was done by, I believe, Eleanor's legacy. I had teamed up with us.
the former senator there, John DeFrancisco, was the biggest uh, opponent of the Child Victims Act. So the PAC and uh, Fighting for Children PAC definitely uh, played a major role in flipping the Senate. I did want to ask about that look back provision because, uh, as you as you alluded to, uh, it was one of the uh, reasons uh, Senate Republicans. Uh, it was really the main reason Senate Republicans uh, blocked the bill, uh, and it's also been uh, talked about. You know, the the Catholic Church uh, when they've spoken out about this bill, uh, they've mentioned the look back provision as as problematic in their eyes. Why is that? Uh, why is that an important part beyond just the uh, the the statute of limitations? portion of the the bill that's being proposed why is the look back provision necessary well i think a look back is is necessary because it allows former past victims so if, you know the statute of limitations uh, ran out on uh, like in my case i explained um mm-hmm. you can't go back criminally and charge you know the predator but you can uh, make a, a provision where you know all victims could go who had been abused would have a year to go and civil court and sue their predators so that would give you know some healing to these victims that are also out predators um you know get them in a a civil court and prove your case and prove that they abused you they can be put on lists and actually um in other states where this is done um the publicity around these cases going to a civil court caused newer victims to come forward and, and 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 predators were actually put in jail uh as a result, taken off the streets because the average um, predator abuses 150 kids to 200, you know, in his lifetime or her lifetime. So um, that's why it's so important. And you mentioned the church. Now the church has changed its opinion. Um, they'll support the look back as long as um, the bill states that every entity uh, can be sued. So. Um, not just private institutions, but public institutions uh, can be uh, held accountable. And um, they've changed their uh, opinion. They, the church, Cardinal Dolan wrote a letter today, mm-hmm. um, opinion saying that you know we support the look back if all entities are involved. And I agree with that. I mean, I think that all entities um, should be held responsible. Uh, to protect kids and a lot of uh, whether you're a public school or a private school uh, whether you're a town uh, whether you're a teacher or a priest uh, you have a responsibility uh, to keep that child safe and uh, and if in the past years uh, you didn't do that then you, you know the, the the victim has the right to hold you accountable if you were an enabler as we saw in the Larry Nasser case, Michigan State University, they knew what was going on. Many of the administrators um, were Nasser, and they did nothing about it. And so that university was held responsible, and, and, and there should be no exemptions in this state. Mm-hmm. How, how quickly uh, do you see this getting done in, in this uh, new legislative session? Uh, obviously, the as you mentioned before, uh, the governor uh, is including it in his budget proposal. Uh, the Senate and the Assembly have been working pretty fast to act on other bills that have been uh, held up in the past. Uh, so how soon do you think this gets done? Uh, do you think it will get done here in the next month or two, or do you think it will have to wait until the budget process? No, I don't think it should be in the budget process. And, uh, I, you know, appreciate that the governor did do that, but, you know, I, I don't uh, uh, agree with his bill. First, 
Gary, thanks, uh, thanks so much for joining me, and thanks for your advocacy and certainly your patience uh, over the years with this, uh, given that it's been held up uh, for, for many years, and uh, certainly wish you well going forward. Thank you, Robert. Yes, it's been a long haul, and we're all excited. All the victims and ag- advocates are excited that we'll finally you know, get justice and, and hope uh, in the future. So I appreciate your having me on. That was Gary Greenberg, a businessman an advocate for the Child Victims Act, the uh, founder of Protect New York Kids and the Fighting for Children PAC. I thank Gary for joining me. Uh, he's been pushing for this bill uh, you know, for years now. Uh, I know that he's been uh, going around the state. Uh, I, again, I met him uh, last year in Syracuse when he was uh, campaigning uh, for uh, then-Democratic State Senate candidate John Mannion. Uh, this was an issue he wanted to highlight uh, in in state senate campaigns around the state uh, because of the the challenges that this bill has faced over the years uh, in the state senate. Uh, he wanted to make it more of a priority, and uh, he feels that he was uh, successful on that. So uh, I wanted to uh, speak to him about this now that it seems that uh, the Child Victims Act will will get its day uh, in Albany. The the state legislature. Uh, appears poised to pass this. Uh, Governor Cuomo uh, has made it uh, part of his agenda this year, and so uh, we'll see uh, whether it becomes law uh, by the end of this month, by you know before the budget process, or whether it's part of the budget. Uh, that remains to be seen, but um, uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, today in Albany, uh, it's a uh, busy day for another bill. Uh, that's been held up over the years, and that's the Reproductive Health Act. Um, the The way it's been described is that uh, you know this would codify uh, the Roe versus Wade Supreme Court ruling into state law, but um, this bill is more than that. It, it uh, uh, would expand uh, who 
who is uh, authorized to perform abortions uh, right now. Uh, only doctors can perform them, uh, but there's kind of a, kind of a gray area that uh, you know just under under state law, you know as to who can perform abortions. Can it be a nurse practitioner? Can it be a physician assistant? Uh, I know that uh, speaking from personal experience here, uh, I have a sister who's a physician assistant, and uh, you know she focuses more on the uh, cardiac side of things. And, you know, she is able to perform uh, various procedures. And so uh, with this, it seems that this, uh, the goal of this is to kind of clear up uh, who can and cannot uh, perform uh, abortions uh, in New York. Uh, it would also, uh, you know, there's been talk that it would, I remember this during the campaign, that, uh, uh, you know, the the claim was made that it would allow abortion up until the moment of birth, uh, and that's that's false. It's uh, uh, it's not that simple. Um, you know the the, the uh, prohibition, if you will, would apply after 24 weeks, but there is an exception for uh, you know women if if their health is at risk. Um, uh, they uh, would be permitted to receive an abortion, and if the fetus isn't viable, um, that, that there there could be an abortion uh, procedure performed uh, in that case too after 24 weeks. And so that's what uh, that's part of what the legislation outlines. Uh, Senate Republicans today, uh, uh, actually, probably after this podcast uh, uh, is posted, uh, will be holding a press conference about. Uh, uh, protections for uh, pregnant women who are assaulted that uh, they believe have been removed uh, from state law. Although there are other uh, there are other parts of the penal code that would certainly apply, and so uh, so it remains to be seen how what the what the long term ramifications of that of that are. But again, there's you know there's certainly. Uh, you know the way that this is working is that uh, they're trying to get you know, a lot of the abortion provisions out of the criminal code where it is now, and uh, you know put them more under the the state health laws. Uh, so that's that's another main goal uh, of this bill. But uh, the state assembly and the state senate will be taking this up today, uh, and Governor Andrew Cuomo has signaled that he will sign it right away. Uh, so. Uh, so no, no waiting period with this. He's going to sign this bill uh, as soon as it's adopted uh, by the legislature. So uh, that will be a uh, big news item uh, today uh, out of Albany. Uh, uh, after years of waiting, uh, the Reproductive Health Act uh, will become law, uh, or will be signed into law uh, by the end of uh, by the end of today. So uh, with that, uh, I'll wrap up today's podcast. Uh, uh, you know, we'll be back tomorrow, of course. Uh, I am trying to line up some, some guests. Uh, I, I think I mentioned before trying to reschedule the interview with Onondaga County Executive Ryan McMahon. I've promised to have him on a couple times uh, with uh, the situation with my father-in-law. Uh, I had to uh, cancel uh, those interviews, unfortunately, on both occasions. Uh, and so we'll try maybe the third, I'm sure the third time will be the charm, uh, but uh, also plan to line up some other interviews. Want to get State Senator Bob Antonacci on again. Uh, I have hopes to get, uh, 
you know, one, two, or three members of Congress on here, uh, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But um, at least for tomorrow's podcast, no guests uh, planned. Uh, we'll see if that changes today, but um, uh, for now, it'll just be uh, me talking uh, and analyzing uh, maybe a recap of the the Reproductive Health Act and looking looking ahead to uh, uh, what uh, what is happening, not only at the state level, but uh, maybe we'll get into a conversation about the ongoing shutdown as well. So uh, I'll wrap it up there. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you Wednesday.